0: Welcome to the Limitless Podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Limitless Podcast, episode number four now. And uh, I'm Jack. And I'm Casp. Today's episode is one we've been looking forward to for a long time, um, just because it's something I feel is really relevant to people especially at this time and it's starting it's called starting with lesson 0 and it's about your financial foundation. A lot of people and a lot of YouTubers talk about investments and starting businesses, but there's a lot of people that aren't in a position to do those things yet because they haven't got the right financial foundation. So the whole starting with lesson 0 is how we're going to start this episode out and that's talking about people that have debt and how that can be really draining and our advice on maybe clearing those and and how to deal with them. So I wanted to kick it off by asking you, Casper, what was your first experience with credit cards and debt, and um, what has it sort of taught you? Obviously, coming through that. So obviously, when you're at uni and you go through all
1: the <laughs> trials and tribulations of managing your own finances and dealing with bank accounts and potentially loan offers and stuff like that, you're not really sure. All you've got to go on is maybe the bank's advice or what you see online in terms of what the credit card company says or what the loan provider says really with it um I'd say from my experience I did ha- didn't have much um understanding of what interest rates mean and really have the foresight I was very much living in the moment so I wasn't too fussed about um the payback on a loan I just wanted a loan um and basically moving forward, as you finish university, you may have had a case where you haven't been accepted by many credit providers. So you get into a case where you start a full-time job and then suddenly what happens is credit card companies love you because you're an easy target, you're an easy candidate. So they'll often give you so many offers and they'll offer you a lot of money in a short space of time. And then it's almost like you're like a kid in the sweet shop and you just take advantage of every offer you're given. And then what that can do is if you do not have an awareness of it and you just start spending on clothes and anything you want to get your hands on and you just see it as literally free money. I think yeah. it's very easy to see this as free money because you get given it, you see the interest rate, but it's just a number on a piece of paper. So you're like, ah, oh, it's cool, I can spend this, it's free money. So you just go out, spend it all, max out all your credit cards, let's say for this example. And then you realise like a month later, you're being charged interest on these cards and that's your harsh understanding. That's your harsh awakening of how interest works when you see it directly. And obviously you could choose to bury your head in the sand from that point or a lot of people would choose to attack it head on, but then you're in a bit of a trap because you've got to then work harder to get more money and you may be worried, depressed, anxiety-driven when it gets to that point. So you, you really see and you learn quite harshly how that that starts. Just from getting credit, you thought it was a good thing, you were told it's an okay thing. Maybe people in the past have said, yeah, credit's good. You, you use that to build your credit profile. You may have thought it was a good idea to take out a lot of credit. But then sadly you've done the hard way.
0: What would your advice be when people are coming out of uni do they get when they go into work I mean they're seeing these credit card offers come through why what is it going to cost them to get a credit card why should they be wary of it?
1: Well I'd say the key bit of advice from someone that's been through the university system is just take out one line of credit just one credit card at the lowest interest rate you can get at that time obviously basically it's done on something called traceability so when you're a uni student you probably haven't had bills in your name you haven't had a mortgage in your name obviously or anything like that so you've probably got very limited traceability on your credit profile so just apply for credit cards take the best offer you can get at that time with a relatively low credit limit I'd recommend 200 pounds on that credit card to start with and then just literally spend a little bit on it so about 20 or 30 pounds and then pay off the balance in full the following month so that way you don't accrue any interest you've got a smaller credit limit so there's less temptation obviously a lot of things people want are generally costing or really lost after yeah generally cost more than 200 pounds anyway yeah. so you can't make like a massive purchase you can't get yeah. like a a 70 inch tv or yeah even like games console stuff like that you can't really do it with 200 pounds so it's just a case of
0: getting that limit starting it small because you sh- shouldn't be buying that stuff on credit. You should be saving up for it and then buying it. Yeah, buying cash like, and then things like cars, like you games, said, consoles, phones. Yeah, save up the cash for them. Yeah. Um, I think it, uh, the good point about obviously saying get a credit card. You don't have to, but the only good thing about them is they do help with building your credit profile. So, like you just said, there, if you haven't yep. got much experience with credit scores yet, it becomes quite a large part of your life after you come out of uni. So not getting those credit cards straight away and maxing them out protects your score, but also getting a small one and and being sensible with it can can help increase your score and make it easier for you to get loans and take on maybe a mortgage in the future with a low interest rate, which is going to cost you less money in the long run. Now, I know we wanted to break it down for people that don't have any experience with credit cards, Um, just to show you what the average credit card situation could look like, if you came out of uni and made a similar mistake to like what you did? Definitely, yeah.
1: I think a good example to use is like an amount of maybe 2,000 pounds because it's almost like if you're, you start a full-time job, even if you haven't been to university, like you've just been through school or you left school, whatever your situation, 2,000 pounds is a, a solid limit that you probably would be offered. Yeah. And then in terms of interest rates, obviously they vary massively right down from 0% up to... Forty-nine point nine percent is generally the highest in the UK for a credit card. Um, normally, they vary, so we've averaged it out at about thirty-four point nine percent APR. So that example, the average, let's say two thousand pounds, thirty-four point nine percent APR. So you borrow that, you just decide. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a good couple of nights out. I'm
0: gonna go on holiday. I'm gonna go to, to Benidorm. Go, yeah,
1: go to Benidorm. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Lanzarote. Cuba, Mexico, <laughs> Beirut, Nairobi. You do it all. Whatever you want. You're enjoying you yourself. No expense spared. You literally just chuck the, chuck your money at it and you spent the two grand. That's fine. That's done. That's Not a
0: thought for the consequences. No, it's done.
1: It's done. It's done. You've I spent enjoyed my yourself. Free
0: money. I spent my free
1: money now. So that's it. It's done. What does so this mean now? What, does, what happens? What happens next? <laughs> what happens? You well, tell me, Sam. Tell you what happens. Your credit card company obviously want that money back. They want the two grand back. So if you've got two grand in savings, yeah, then chuck it at the credit card. Then you've you've literally easy paid it.
0: What if I don't know? What if I can't? What if I'm already living paycheck to paycheck? What's my minimum payment look like?
1: Exactly. So their minimum payment offered based on two thousand from experience is generally going to be about sixty pound a month on that. Okay, sounds fair. I get my two grand and I pay it back at sixty pounds a month. What's the issue with that? So you just make that minimum payment. Let's say, guess how long it's going to take you to clear that debt? Two grand, sixty pound a
0: month. Sixty pound. So that'd be seven hundred and twenty pounds a year paid off. So I'm looking at about two and a half years uh, to pay that two grand back.
1: This is the thing. This is where the interest kicks in. The thirty four point nine percent interest, because it would actually take you, you know, six years two months to clear that debt. Six years, based on the minimum payment. And what would I end up paying back? So you'd be looking at a total payback here of 4,437 pounds. Let's just repeat that. 4,437 pounds. Just in case you didn't
0: catch it. 4,487 pounds.
1: A lot of money. That,
0: my friends, is an expensive trip to Benidorm. Yeah. Now that's the problem because a lot of people think minimum payment, 60 pounds. That sounds fair. Yeah. I'll pay my two grand back in two and a half years. <laughs> we've lost an angle. We've lost an angle again. We have a slight issue with camera angles. Um, if you can keep that one rolling, that would be perfect. Um, yeah, just a slight issue with cameras because you can't see this, but we've only got one tripod and the other cameras, we stick to chairs with tape. So during the course of this video so far, we've already had about... Three, three takedowns, three camera takedowns. So that is the, that is the outcome of, of taking out one of those credit cards at that interest rate and just thinking you can pay back minimum payments. It's gonna cost you a lot of money and be a bit of a financial burden yeah. for you. Not only that, but that's kind of lower end of the scale. That's just two grand on one. Now they'll come to you real offers when you're out of uni that allow you to get three or four of these in which case Definitely. you're then looking at a much bigger issue because you're paying a 60 pound minimum repayment figure on four credit cards with two grand limit and you actually end up paying back into sort of 15 18 of grand
1: for someone to to pay back each month like out of the nav if we take an average wage that someone might earn of 1200 pounds a month and they're paying four credit cards at 60 pounds each that's 240 pounds out of their wages yeah Plus the fact they may be renting somewhere for 500 pounds a month. Yeah. They, they're they paying a phone contract. They're paying a Netflix subscription. They're paying all these other things. Yeah. Gym membership. You're in a position where you've got literally less and less to live on. And you're like, and you am not even fun. clearing my yeah. debt. You're like, I'm not even clearing my balances by paying this money every month. It's like you're paying 60 pounds and you're only taking... Fifteen pounds or twenty pounds off
0: the total, and it's it becomes just hard. a vicious cycle, of being harder to live. So that's our advice: avoid them if you can. Get if you're gonna get one, yeah. get a very low credit limit, two hundred pound limit. I'd learn say. to it's trust and control your impulse buying and spending. So that brings us on to another topic, which is the car finance route, and we're just going to go into that quickly in terms yeah. of what the uh, the APR looks like on getting car finance and why you should really save up for a car and then buy it buy a second hand car rather than go into a finance for a certain monthly amount because they're never good deals. They are just burning money. So what was our what Again, type yeah. of price were we looking at?
1: Another example we were thinking about at eight thousand four hundred, would you say that's that's enough to get a decent car? Like maybe a bit older one, but still got decent mileage, still does the job.
0: Definitely mate, round the eight grand Mark, for second-hand cars, quite a sweet spot, 50, so. 60, 70,000 miles, they've got a lot of life left as long as they've been looked after. Yeah. You're finding a nice car between five and eight grand. So you've, so we'll use the example then, eight eight 8,400 pounds,
1: let's say, for the car,
0: mm-hmm. eight and a half. Going to put a little example a of cars up right now that you could get with that amount. Yeah. Probably Audi TT, BMW 3 Series. Fair few out there. Uh, Mercedes C-Class. I'll, I'll put them up on the screen now, check them out. Nice cars.
1: So 8,400 pounds is the car cost you've picked it up, you've committed to the finance, you've signed on the dotted line, that car is now yours yeah. if you make all your payments.
0: So they've sat me down, and how much would they maybe yeah. have offered me a month to get that nice being Probably around the
1: 250 mark.
0: Okay, 250, I can afford that. You think you can afford it? Basically,
1: yeah. again, with like with a credit card example, car finance interest generally varies right down from really low percentages, like 3.9%, up to, again, I've seen deals at 49% percent 49.9 percent so again high interest rates we've pitched this at about 19.9 which is quite a a good entry level good entry point a lot of people find it quite achievable to get a car finance at that rate and it sounds like quite a good rate as well it sounds good like less than 20 percent. yeah okay sounds decent so if you took that car out eight thousand four hundred pounds over five years at 19.9 percent apr again what do you think your total payback would be
0: I know oh, I'm going to be paying more back. So do I own the car at the end? You will own it. it. I will own it's it. It's higher purchase. Okay. This agreement's um, higher
1: purchase whereby you make your monthly payments, you'll own the car at the end.
0: Okay, so I'll probably pay back 10, uh, 12, 12 grand?
1: No, uh, 18 grand.
0: 18,000 pounds over five years. Yeah.
1: See, that's crazy. I'd say just to summarise that yeah. that topic, that point, credit cards, loans, car loans are the biggest potential traps they can be, if you've got a good understanding of them and it's really hard to get a good understanding of them because there's a lot of bias out there. It's about controlling your emotions as well. It's an emot- emotive sell. Yeah. It's a precious cell in a lot of situations yeah. that's disguised as a, a soft sell. Yeah. We know, they know what they're doing. These car dealers and, and yeah. such, credit card companies. They know how to, to touch on your emotions yeah, and, to and make you, you think in. you need it rather than want it. So yeah, I'd say those three are the biggest traps and if you can just be aware of them yeah. to start with and then avoid them altogether, you put yourself in such a, a strong position. Yeah,
0: you're way ahead of the game, you've protected your, Massively. your credit score, which is very important, yeah. and you're, you're going into life with starting a good foundation, you've not got any debts to pay off and yeah. you're instantly taking stress off yourself, so... Hopefully, if you didn't know anything about credit cards, I hope what we explained is quite simple. And now you know a bit more about what to avoid for any youngsters that might get caught in that trap. So brings me on to the next bit. You've cleared your less than zero. Let's say you're out of credit card debt or you never got into it in the first place. You've got money coming in each month. Now, it's very easy to get caught in a trap where you spend exactly the same amount that you earn every month because it just it seems natural. You, You spend all the way up into the end of the month and then you get paid again. Now, there's a problem with this because, obviously, if you have more to pay out at the end of the month that you didn't realize might come about, you're gonna find yourself in a position where you have to go get a credit card. So that's why we talk about building an emergency fund. And how you start this is you you look at your budget, basically, what you spend each month, and you just find areas that you can cut back. Might be coffees, might be meals out, and you save that money instead. So you, you cut away from all the unnecessary spending and then you've got some, you, you've actually normally got some money left over to spend on things you actually do want rather than wasteful stuff. And you've also got money to save. Definitely.
1: So. A very good place to start with this is literally if you've got one bank account, just get a month's bank statement, print it off so you physically got it in front of you. Just get the bank, go down the bank, yeah, get them to print off a month or a couple of months bank statements. And just sit down and look at firstly everything that's going into your account and then everything that's coming out of your account. If there's a balance between the two, if it's if they're literally offsetting each other to zero, or the outgoings are slightly higher than the income, you know you you've got to address that, so you can be left with a deficit between those two figures, and then that figure in between is your your buffer, your safety net. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the wider you can make that gap, the better. The better between what you spend and what you earn. What you earn. Cause so it's, it's quite a key point.
0: To start with building an emergency fund, you've, you've got to understand that you can't spend everything you want each month. You have to try and control yourself a bit, and that was a bit I struggled with. But I found, yeah. as I began to save, I first got to my £500 mark, and I recommend getting to this as quickly as you can. And this is a bank account that's separate to your normal money, and you put into it every month, and it stays separate. And your emergency fund starts with a small amount of 500 Then you move up to 1000 when you can just putting in month by month small little bits at first just to get into saving yeah I found when I got to my first thousand saved it started to become more of a game for me and I was looking forward to saving at the end of each month
1: yeah what you said to me Jack is initially you thought right I'm gonna save now but you started quite high you put maybe like 50 percent of your income into a savings account to start with but what experience did you have of how that made you feel about saving. What yeah. was your relationship with saving after that? That's
0: a really good point because I, I just wanted to save for a long time because I knew the benefits, but I always found myself dipping into the savings and, and spending yeah. them. And that was because, just from what you said, I was saving too much money. I was, I was thinking I want to go hell for leather and just save as yeah. much as I can. All in. I, was all thinking, in I don't need to spend anything. I'll just save everything. But it's, it's not like that. You've got to be fair with it. So I just started off by saving £100 at a time. Um, And I started paying off my student overdraft as well, just picking away at those two things. And as I got more comfortable and got up to my first thousand, I then thought, oh, you know what? I can save a little bit more now because I'm more into the game. And I just I really figured out on budget what I needed to live because I didn't want to not be able to live properly. But then just anything else I could cut back on, I started putting in the savings and I built it up. So I got to that thousand. And now I'm working towards what we recommend is a, a three to six months of your earnings, what you earn from work. So yeah. we're thinking around 6,000. is should be the end for your emergency fund. Um, that's a good amount. Obviously, it, it's going to take you a while to get there. That's, that's not a problem. But once you've got that six grand, just imagine the, the feeling of sort of security you've got it's there. The freedom. And the freedom you've of got as well. I've known that if you were to lose your job or an emergency was to happen, you've got some security. Yeah. And that's very important. Car breaks down. Car breaks down. Lose your job again to repeat Need that. new that's tires. Loads of different things. and um,
1: that's Illness re- as well. Illness is something that's overlooked. And Definitely. You don't ever know. You can take steps with exercise and eating well to prevent things, but you still don't know if you're going to be hit by something like that. Mm. And injuries are so common and things like that if you're active. So it's important to know that you could literally spend... You could literally do your knee in or your back in or whatever. Yeah. You could spend two years on a a waiting list for a a surgery or you could potentially go privately and get it done in a month and you could pay for that. Yeah. So you're literally paying for your health just because you've got that backup, you've got that fund.
0: I understand that some people will struggle with separating their money and not dipping into it. So what I do is something, I know I probably didn't come up with this, but I didn't learn it from anyone. I just sort of came across it. Yeah. And I decided I was going to split my bank account. So I opened bank account with Barclays nationwide and with Monzo Bank. Um, and I split my money like this. So Barclays gets paid my money at the start of the month. It keeps all my bills in and I know exactly how much needs to come out of that account. I also know how much I spend on food and petrol and all that stays in Barclays. Now, that there's a portion of money that then comes out of that account and gets paid into Monzo Bank. And this is where I keep like my fund money or any additional savings that I want to spend on myself. And then I have a, a cash card saver with Nationwide that I can't withdraw from with a card and I can't actually transfer. I have to go into the bank and that's where I keep the emergency fund. So I can still get to it easily, but it's just enough of a buffer that it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. I'm not dipping into that. And that's how I think it's a really good way to split up that money. Stay strict with yourself and know exactly how much you've got to spend each week. Once you take control of these things, it all becomes a lot easier and you start to feel good about money. And you start to feel like you understand it. Yeah, because I think
1: that's a really good point there as well. And like you said, when you save too much, you realize that you weren't giving yourself any chance to live. Work out what you can cut back on. Yeah. But don't think you have to cut back on everything. Just literally make sure you prioritize what's important and your happiness is important as well as that's that's exactly thing.
0: it. It's just tracking it because you often don't know where your money goes. As long as you track it, just like you said there, you can still have a lot of fun and pay for everything, but then you also save as well so you can feel good about spending. You can That £300 spending money, you don't feel guilty about yeah. spending it because you've already saved for that month. Um, so, yeah. Oh, oh, I just wanted to put in, I think we have to do a disclaimer or something because we're not financial advisors. Just to confirm, I'm not a
1: qualified doctor. Financial advisor. I'm not a scientist,
0: psychologist. No. Nope. Or. Uh, what are you? Not pediatrician. Qualified to do? I'm not a pediatrician either. Yeah, doctor, or a, or a doctor. But this is just—it's not financial advice. Obviously, disclaimer. You have to do this stuff. This is how we feel about it, and just our opinion on these and obviously things. obviously, to put it in
1: there as well. If what? you
0: agree with it, you agree with it
1: yeah it's out there, I yeah. mean, just to say as well, obviously, we've spoken about debt in this episode, yeah, just to clarify, there are if you are really struggling with debt, yeah, there's charities out there, like step change is a good one, um that will literally give them a call, just explain your situation, always talk about it, they'll be able to put you on a payment plan where you pay a set monthly amount to all your creditors, all your debtors, and then you know you don't have to worry about it. If you're really burdened by it and you literally can't afford to live, yeah. you're not happy. It's worth getting on the, the payment plan. It's the last option. You've got other options in place. You could look at involuntary uh, agreements and stuff like that, but yeah. mainly debt charity like step Change is a good I'll one. get
0: that link down below. So if you do really need it and this is yeah. you're watching this thinking, I'm really struggling with debt, check that link out and hopefully that'll get you back on your way. Um, but yeah, obviously we only and I think a big part of this is we only talk about things on this podcast that we have done and that we personally follow. So all these things I'm telling you now, I personally follow and found they've helped me and that's how I want to keep the channel. Cause a lot of people asked, could we do videos on investment advice? But personally, I'm not at a point where I've invested yet. So those videos will come, but it's after we've we've got this solid financial background and we're we're working on then on those things. So even though this isn't financial advice, this is things we've done and it's helped us. So we hope it can help you as well if you're in that position and you're young and you want to get sort of hold on money. Um, yeah, I think that is the that was a good quick episode, good value in there.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's important. That's to talk the end about of uh,
0: episode number four. Next one is number five with what, we, very, got what we got coming. A very interesting character, let's say. Another interview, but with somebody. I'm not going to say his name, yeah, because he might even not be showing his face on the podcast. But he's an interesting guy. He's maybe had a tougher time in life than a lot of other people.
1: Yeah. Episode five, we've got an interesting guest.
0: Yeah. He's he's had come some struggles. from
1: adversity. He's come through hardship, and he's going to talk openly and honestly to us about what he's what he's been through. And um, we're just going to listen, basically, and, and ask a few important questions. I also, and hopefully, you know, people can gain something from that. And experience. I think
0: he's a, I think he's a good guess as well, because he's been through a lot of hard stuff that I know of, but he's a positive guy. And he might not have like, he doesn't have the advantages in the world that other people may have had in life, but he makes the best of situations. And he's a super positive guy. And he might be very different to us and even a lot of people out there. But I think he's a good guy with kind heart and... I respect that, to be honest, with the things you've gone through. So that's the end of today's episode. Hopefully, you now got a better information about financial foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can use it to climb the mountain of wealth. Um, but yeah, that is the end of episode four. See you next time. Hopefully, you're ready to
1: be a millionaire now.
0: For episode number five. Now, you are going to be a billionaire now. That's just the thing. Trillionaire. Zillionaire.
1: Yeah. All right. You anyway. can do it. You can do it. Peace out. Anything's possible. Limitless army. Peace out. Limitless army. Woo. Yeah. Ah. Ew.